Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and uh, today we get to have uh, coffee with uh, Don and Brandy. So my lovely wife gets to join us again on the call today. We're going to talk all things goals, obstacles, and the story tell ourselves and uh, and then give a little update of some of the things we've been doing and uh, and take it from there. So welcome to the podcast, my dear. Thank you for having me back, honey. <laughs> yes, you, you you did okay last time, so we'll keep you for one more time. I'm a returning guest. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. So um we just have finished uh we just finished our shift unplugged in Phoenix and uh why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about that experience to get started. Uh, well, what specifically would you like me to talk about? Like, well, how did you like it? What was it? What was it involved? What, what, what happened? Well, it was uh, our shift unplugs or stay in plays, and they are smaller in nature, so we keep the attendance quite low for those. And the whole idea is that people come together and they connect with one another as much as they connect with all of our speakers, and that we want people to have an opportunity to you know, hang out the, at the bar, or at the pool, or over coffee with all the mentorship that the speakers bring rather than just listening to a talking head at the front of a room and then you never meet them and you never get to know them personally. And we've been on a real journey of really shedding anything that's not authentic. And so I think it's just an authentic way to connect one another with each other uh, because you don't get that opportunity at any mega seminar or any information-based seminar. And you can really hide in those. And, and the Shift Unplugged is about being seen, being heard, being validated, being supported. And yeah, and then of course there's content. That's the last of, of the intention with our shift unplugs. Of what's going in. And so again, like part of that is to having a lot of individual conversations with chiropractors because it kind of, it, it gives a lot of uh, time where people can hang out together and talk one-on-one. -on -one. So was there, was there any kind of one-on-one -on -one conversations that kind of stood out for you that were, uh, were kind of interesting as far as some of the challenges that chiropractors are going through? Well, I think we've done podcasts on that before. I think the biggest thing that we observe is at an unplugged, we go around and we add up the years of experience in the room. And so we ask people how long they've been in chiropractic and it varies between like a couple of years to somebody who was there who had been in practice for 40 years. So when we added that all up, it was almost 600 years of experience of chiropractic in one room. So one of the things that I always want to draw attention to is with that level of experience in a small group, why do they think they need us? And people don't really recognize how much they have within them already and how much they have at their disposal with their friends and their peers and their colleagues as far as wisdom that they can draw upon. And I know that we have a culture of seeking more information, seeking more data. It's easily accessible today where you can get it online whenever we want. But that really doesn't help any of us grow. If, if information alone cured our ails as far as chiropractic business is concerned, everybody would be thriving. Right. 
So that is something that has been really top of our mind in what we do in the shift and also in our unplugs is that you don't need any more information unless you really actually have a skill deficit. And I think if you're early on in practice, you do have a skill deficit. You have a technique deficit because you simply have not laid your hands on enough people to learn all the adaptability that's required to care for people on your table. So you do have a skill deficit and you might have a business acumen deficit. You may not understand how business runs. So there are some hard skills that are deficit orientated that you can get information and fill the deficit with. But at some point, it's not a skill deficit anymore. At some point, it's an, it's an obsession with finding out something that's better, a better way to do it, a different way to do it. And we end up then basically doing nothing or getting stuck because we have this obsession and addiction to seeking more information because we know something's missing and we feel like we can fill it with information. And so in a group like that with 600 years of experience, the intention really is that once you can't hide, you're going to tell the truth of what's going on for you. Um, Now, when you have a conversation, we are, we're actually going to have a conversation about what the solutions are. And I think that's the, um, the benefit of being in a small group is that, you know, if you, if you tell the truth that you're just afraid, you don't have a skill deficit, but you're afraid. And we start working through that, not going down the road of, well, I wonder what procedures you can pick. And I wonder what billing program you should have. And I wonder what folder you should have for your report of findings when that is not the problem. Fear is the problem. So right. now we have a conversation around what the problem is, what the barrier is. It's more likely that you overcome it. And then when you actually go choose the tool, or the information, it is applied much differently because we have a solution to what the actual problem is. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like uh, trying to get the awareness of what's going on because sometimes if you have a fear, uh, like we said, those are belief systems. And, and often if we've never challenged our belief systems, we just live as if they're true. Um, and then they just automatically default in our brain like it's a fact. Absolutely. You know, and I think with, with people who are in... I mean, we're in chiropractic, so it's not just any, it's not just chiropractic, but we happen to be in chiropractic, so we're talking about chiropractors. It's pretty common to, I mean, we, we did a whole podcast on masks. And so when we go around the world, you know, we pump ourselves up more than what is real. And so when we appear that way, then it's really tough to have a conversation to help somebody because the barrier has nothing to do with the fact that they have a skill deficit. The barrier has to do with they're unable to be real. If you can't be real and authentic, you are really going to have a tough time sustaining any really transformational change, both in your practice, but in your life, because you are creating strategies around a mask, a persona. It's not real. And that there's a, there's a uh, life expectancy to that that's fairly short. And so I think the evolution of growth is really uh, more about the who than the what. And I think that's what we try to do at the Unplugs. And then connecting who's with one another so you can garner other people's wisdom and defer to people's experience, um, even if you haven't had it yet, and learn from that. And then, of course, that expedites your learning curve. Yeah, so, so somebody, um, like if you've been working with people who might have uh, realized that they are suffering from fear um, and they're just trying to figure out what, what, what can I do about it, how do you even, how do you even start to, to deal with that in the first place? Well, that happened quite a bit um, when we asked people what the barriers were. So one of the things is if, if I were to, which I did there, and we've done in our other unplugs, I asked people, 
why they're there. And typically for a lot of people, they're there to grow their practice, to feel more inspired, uh, to, to learn something new. There's lots of things. So and if we take it down to like a tangible outcome as growing your practice, now if I ask a group of people, a group of chiropractors, so what do you need to do to grow your practice? What would you need to do? Everybody can tell me what they need to do to grow their practice. Great. Now, I've yet to talk to somebody unless they've been a student in student clinic and they truly don't know what it takes. So I, I, I'm talking about practicing chiropractors who have actually been out in practice. If I were to ask them what it, what it takes for them to grow their practice, they all know. In fact, they could mind dump on for, for hours about what it took and what they'd have to do. So the question really is, if you know all that, if you know what it takes to grow your practice, if you know what it takes to get people in the door, if you know what it takes to retain people, if you know what it takes for uh, stability, why don't you do it? Because now you actually draw forth the barriers to why we don't do something. And I think when we go to the barriers, if fear is one of the barriers, fear isn't, fear is, everybody knows, if you were to ask somebody logically about fear, they're like, fear is not real. Fear is, there's some acronym is. False evidence appearing, <laughs> appearing okay. real. Yeah, if I've heard that so many times, I want to jump yeah. on the bridge. Okay, yeah. so everybody knows that from the logical point of the brain. It's all so, fake. Uh, that's easy. Now get over it. Yeah, so that, like, you're just like, okay, well, stop being fearful. Uh, okay. It doesn't work that way because we're wired that way. We're wired for that fear response. That I always talk about Lux in the vacuum and Lux like is a fearful of the vacuum. And the only way we got him to, so the way he deals with fear is he runs towards things and bites it or bite things, barks at them, creates a big scene. Tries like, to scare it away. Tries to scare it away. Cause he's thinking if I sort of go and puff myself up. So he doesn't retreat, he goes at it. And he hasn't, he hadn't quite learned how that if, if something is there, but it's not scary, it's not going to hurt him. He hasn't learned that it's not real. He just doesn't understand it. So one of the things with fear is that first of all, you have to logically, and most people logically know it's not real. They know at the end of the day, if somebody says no to them in their practice, or if they did cold calls and nobody wanted them, they're still going to be okay. They're still alive. Practice is still standing, their kids are still healthy, their marriage is still intact, they haven't died, they're actually okay. But they've been wired to experience this feeling regardless of whether it's real or not. So for them, it is real. So the first thing that has to happen is you have to start to desensitize the state of fear. And the way you would desensitize the state of fear is the very way that you avoid it. Because avoiding something doesn't desensitize fear, avoiding something actually makes it worse makes it bigger in your brain. So you actually have to go towards the very thing that makes you afraid. And so, you know, desensitization of whatever it is means you have to expose yourself to something so that you can see after, Oh my God, guess what? You're still okay. It's still fine. And I think too, like if you can actually uh, create a strategy around it, because again, this is part of becoming aware of it and then create a strategy around it where you do expose yourself to it in a, in a safer environment where you're not already in the stress response. Because most people don't do anything about it and then they wait until it's a difficult situation uh, or when their stress response is fired. So they're already, it's just like we talk about Lux, when it gets in the Lux brain, like forget it. If, if or Sorry, in the, we call it the Phoenix brain when he's in the stress response and then the Lux brain when he's in his calm response. But you can tell when he's switched over to the other side. Um, I think that's the thing that people don't realize is that is you need to spend more time in a parasympathetic zone 
strategically exposing yourself to that stuff in little chunks um, strategically rather than just like waiting until it happens again saying, oh, this fear must be good. Well, well, if you if you only periodically experience it, and and what's funny is is that most people, if we ask them about the barriers, and they're like, "Well, I'm afraid of whatever," and I'll ask them when that actually ever happened to them, it actually never happened. So I've actually created an entire story around what might happen, right. even though it's never actually happened, and now it's become a real response for them. So just like the vacuum, now Lux can be around the vacuum. He can stand beside the vacuum. We can move the vacuum, and he watches the vacuum but he doesn't lose his mind as he used to with the vacuum. Does he love it? He doesn't love the vacuum. It's not like he wants to hang out with the vacuum. So nobody wants to hang out with rejection. Nobody wants to be around being rejected all the time. But in, in chiropractic practice, that's typically the number one thing as to why we don't grow is because we're afraid of objections and rejection. And so then we avoid all the areas in which it takes for us to grow our practice and all the confronting conversations that we have to have so that people start to move towards where we would like them to go, but we don't do it. So rather than slowly doing it and, and desensitizing yourself to the fact that you're going to be okay if somebody says no to you, mm-hmm. then you never do that and you never get stronger and it never becomes less of a, uh, less of a habit because it really is a wired habit. That emotion is a wired habit. And we get a lot of feedback for that wired habit. People feel sorry for us. You see left, you feel really sorry for him and you want to take the vacuum away so that he's more comfortable. And like you said, it's not like we're going to do this. So if Lux is having a tough day, and we just assume everybody knows who Lux is, but this is our rescue pit bull. Lux is having a tough day um, and he's already in a state of uh, his, like you said, we call it the Phoenix brain, his adopted name before we got him or his name before we adopted him. If he's in that brain, that is not the time I'm bringing the vacuum out. Right. So like, so when you're slowly moving towards things that make you fearful to see how real they are, you're not doing it in times of intense stress because your cup is already full. Your nervous system is already at that heightened vigilant state. And that's not the time to start exposing yourself to more. So you need to really be aware and conscious. And we call this, we call this the awareness draw of understanding when that is and when you're like that. And then you actually have a strategy to start exposing yourself to it. And then you realize, oh my God, uh, uh, yeah, they said no, and I'm still good. And so that is not just from the logical perspective, but really from the, the subconscious wired part of the brain that's told you that you won't survive something like that because you have to experience it to know, no, because you know, I'll be okay. And it's mm-hmm. the experience that desensitizes us. It is not the thought that I'm going to be okay because you can't override that wired part of the brain without a new experience. And then you need to keep having that experience to create a new neural pathway and fray the old one away. Well, and then it, this, and then it always ends up going back to self-care, right? Because if you have a body that is fatigued and tired and, and trained in adrenal exhaustion, um, <laughs> trying to look for those times where you are more parasympathetic to work on it, you don't have any. So, right. So that's why, again, it, 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 like it always ends up coming back down to that self-care. And if you're not vital yourself, it's super hard to do this work. Right. If you're fatigued, and that's probably another part of it is when you're doing awareness work of the barriers, if you don't have the energy to get through the day, you, there's no way you have the energy to do this kind of stuff. So this is in the pyramid of care. This is on the upper level of that pyramid because the bottom of the pyramid, if you're not even sleeping through the night, 
You don't have enough physical energy and you're not taking care of yourself. You're just dragging your body to work and dragging at home. Uh, it's, you're never going to get past that because you don't have the physical um, strength that it takes because in order to be, in order to be really emotionally adaptable, you have to be physically strong. There's a, there's a major link there. And the less physically strong you are, the more emotionally unstable you are. And so it depends on where you're at. I, my assumption is, which is not always awesome, that most chiropractors at least have the basic level of knowledge to be physically well. Even if you're not well, that that's where you would start. Because as that physical well-being improves, that's where your emotional adaptability starts to improve. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing I want to talk about too is, well, and I'll just talk about, uh, so we just, we just started a mastermind this year. So we have a mastermind and we're meeting three times a year. And so what we're doing is we're kind of setting them up with their goals. And, and this is, this is one of the frustrations I had when I, I coached, I coached for about 10 years, coached other chiropractors. And the ironic thing was, is that, you know, they, they said they'd want something and then I would like, you, you know, you'd be trying to help them as much as you can ideas so many things and then they wouldn't and then they either wouldn't do it or they say they wouldn't want to do it or whatever and then by the end of it you found out that that's not even actually what they wanted right like total waste of time yeah so so that's why like again a lot of the stuff we're doing now we work together because you're so good at that but i, I we just noticed that one of our exercises for the mastermind is to be like give us a big set of goals, like a, a big list of goals and it's just quite interesting on 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 when you actually someone write down their goals, how often the goals are actually counter indicated to each other. Maybe yeah. you can explain a little bit about that because there's when you when you read them the way they are, if they truly did them, they would actually not be able to do them. <laughs> right, totally. Right. Well, if we have, if you the way that we set that up is is had nothing to do with what somebody wants to achieve. It had to do with if we give somebody three different exercises that basically say the same thing, and we just change the languaging a little bit. Will we see three really uh, strong messages come out as to what these high achiever, high performer docs and entrepreneurs want? And, you know, we're not dealing in our mastermind with people that are struggling to survive. These are very successful business owners. Uh, that's why we want to work with them because at some point it's not about paying your bills anymore. At some point it's about the fact that you are completely misaligned in, in your personal and professional um, pursuits. And so what, it, what has come across in most of them is that it feels like three different personalities wrote each of the exercises. So there was, it was a schizophrenic to some degree, which is pretty common because the way we describe it, and even before the mastermind, even people we worked with when we were coaching, is that one of the things that happens is they say, no, 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 no. We always say there's a fork in the road and, and there's road A and there's road B. And most people go, no, 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 you don't understand. I want road A. I am going to go on road A. That is what I want. And so you hire a coach or you hire an advisor who spends all their time and effort giving you road A strategies. The problem is when you have no awareness of your lack of clarity and the coach or mentor or advisor also doesn't understand that, like you were saying, they don't recognize that you're already halfway down road B and you're not going to turn around and come back to road A. You never wanted to go down road A. You just want a strategy to how to get you further along road B. But you didn't have the awareness. But you didn't have the awareness of that, which is why a lot of people write goals that they think are a good idea or they write goals that they, they really want to want, but they don't freaking want it. 
which is the, a real revelation for a lot of people and also a very freeing place to be. Because if you just don't want it, oh my God. And you can say, no, actually, that's not what I want. Like you free up so much time and space because most of your time is spent going, uh, well, no, I know I really want that. Not realizing the time and energy it takes to back up on road B and start all over to go down road A. Most people are not ever going to do that ever. They, what they want is they want different strategies for how to get them further along road B, but nobody can determine that for you. And I think that's why we see so many challenges with coaching and in anybody's experience or, or mentorship or advisors is because people are somewhat uh, multiple personality because they don't really know who they are. And if you don't know who you are, there's no way you can set outcomes for yourself. And we've talked lots about this in other podcasts and then you get there and they're empty. And as soon as they're empty, you're like, well, that must not be what it was. It must be something else. Let me just go. Let me just go see if I can find another road. Maybe there's a road C. I guess this, these roads suck. So now I'm going to go find a road C. And that's how a lot of people spend most of their life. And they actually look for someone to tell them where road C is too. And they don't realize that it's actually down the road. The ideal is pick your own road. <laughs> right? And the most frustrating thing for people it, it is when you don't give them the answer. And that is the, by far the number one cause of overwhelm in anybody we work with is that they are frustrated that we just don't tell them the answer. And that tells me we have been culturally just told what to do. And either we do exactly what somebody says or we spend our whole lives bucking the system if we have daddy or mommy issues and doing exactly the opposite of what anybody says. And neither of those are helpful. And so... People spending some time in, in really sorting out and bringing awareness to who you are and who would you be without all the influences that you want to discard, but also the influences that you want to keep. Going, well, does that work for me? And how does that feel? And do I feel like I can sustain that? And does it feel aligned? Most people don't have that ability because they don't really know who they are. And, and I think this is, uh, again, I just wrote down some notes too about some of the challenges why people don't actually hit their goals too is, is basically the distractions. And I think a lot of uh, people, especially if they're amiable chiropractors or, or the labs uh, or even dolphins for sure, uh, actually everybody really, um, that we, if, if we're been patterned in a reactionary way where that's the way we deal with the world, that means we're super externally driven. And if we're su super externally driven, that's why if, if I was to ask someone to write their goals one week and then I was to ask them to write their goals the next week, depending on what just happened in their environment would sometimes change actually what the goals were that week. Totally. Yeah. So in the reactive phase and, and I think this is so, so vital. So if, if all the listeners out there, if you can actually get to the point and again, that's why I, I, I work now with Brandy so much is because if she, if she can help them really nail down what you really want, then we can actually work on awesome strategies and get there. But the, the hardest part is if you're going in a direction which you don't even want, you're, you're not even going to be able to do that in the first place. Oh, and I think that's probably, that's probably the hardest thing for people to do. And, and very few have the capacity to really do the, do the work it takes to not be externally controlled because they, when you look out outwardly, you feel like everything that you have in your life, achieve in your life, don't achieve in your life, have to do with the environments that you live in, work in, whatever, the people you're around. And it is heavily influential towards us. We are the most environmentally influenced that we are supposed to be is with people. 
because that's the way our brains work. We're wired to be connected to people. So people are the heaviest influencers for us. And that's a, that's a hardwired, that's not something that we can just grow out of. Like that's a hardwired part of our brain is we are mammals, frontal lobes who are wired to be connected with one another. And it keeps us healthy to be connected with one another. When we disconnect from others, we become less healthy. But that said, what that also means though, is when you understand that you have to choose carefully about who it is that you surround yourself with. And I can't tell you how many chiropractors we worked with who either have been in multiple associate positions or they have moved homes a million times or they have moved their location or painted their offices 15 times because what they're trying to do is they're unhappy in the environment, the physical environment they're in. And they think, well, if I just change the environment, it's going to be better. And yet every time they turn around, they go to a new environment, there they are still. And so that is a really difficult thing is to sort out your influencers. First of all, who are your influencers? Because just know that that is the reality is you're going to be influenced by people that you're around but also the physical environment you're in has no control over your emotional state unless you give it control. And you can change that physical environment as much as you want. And it'll give you a little bit of adrenaline for a while while you'll forget it. Once that adrenaline wears off, you're going to be right back in the same state as you were because you are the common denominator. You are the one who is moving environments. And until you sort of get some sense of emotional adaptability, you're less likely to be able to handle environments that are not ideal in your mind. Uh, do, you have, do you have any uh, resources that you could recommend that the listeners uh, dive into to kind of help help with getting on that track? Well, it's the same resource I give everybody on the planet, which is read Joe Dispenza's work uh, from a from a uh, easy perspective, um, because that really just talks about our inability to think and feel larger than the environments that we're in, and why that is the case, and how much of the how much of our time and effort is spent confirming what we believe to be true about ourselves and we choose those environments to do so. And once you start to reconfirm something different about yourself, something that's true, um, that it no longer holds that charge for you in those environments. And so, but that's a lot of internal work. And like I said, very few people can really do that well because there's so much other stuff going on. Okay. So going out and get those books. Those are good. So, um, coming close to the end of our time, um, uh, what, what you got coming up? So if we're, we're, what's going on for you? As if I don't for, know, but I'm for, asking you. I'm me, we're playing the interview game. For me, but myself? <laughs> for us, you mean? What's yeah. going up? Well, our mastermind started, so that's exciting. So we have a closed mastermind for high performers. And so we'll have our first in-person event in the next, I don't know when this uh, podcast is going to come out. It'll be the but first week of March. Yeah, so, okay, well, then a couple weeks after that, in March, mid-March, we're going to have our first in-person event. We're taking eight high performers over a 12 month period and we're going to beta test if we dive into this heavy duty, you know, for 36 in-person hours and then support outside of that, what difference is it going to make? And we're sort of combining both business acumen with personal, emotional adaptability acumen. And uh, we're excited to see where that year takes us. We are going to Australia for Gold Coast uh, Shift Unplugged. We were there last year. That's that particular, um, group still has space left. I think we have eight spots left still for that one. Um, and then of course we're going to be uh, doing another in-person event for our mastermind. I'll be, we'll be speaking to the students at Life West in the summer and we'll be doing, we'll be speaking at the wave as well. So we'll be at Life West a couple of times this year. And then, um, Oh, you also forgot life vision. 
Oh, right, in April. Yes, right. You're speaking in Toronto. In Toronto April. at Life Vision. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to back up. I'm, I'm ahead of myself. That's uh, April 24th and 25th. That's right. And then we have some stuff coming up in the fall. Uh, London is shipped unplugged in Marlow, England. That one is, pretty, I'm pretty sure that one's going to be sold out here right away. So the, uh, England is representing. So we'll probably have to go back to England for a part show part two in 2021. So thank you, England. You guys are really showing up big. And then in November, we're going to do our first day one, day two mastering agreements in a salutogenic practice. And that's, that's really been something that's come to our attention quite a bit is that people want to know more about how do we start with the end in mind in a day one, and then how do we care plan in a day two on a salutogenic model that is looking at not necessarily just talking to people what's wrong with them, but how do we move them towards this model that um, we are here to, to help them along a journey towards better health. And that means a whole lot of different things in chiropractic than it means in anywhere else that they go. And so People want to know, like, how do I do that? What do I say? How, does, how can my team be involved? And so we're going to be holding that in Vancouver the first weekend of November. And mm-hmm. so that, that's going to be cool. We haven't done that one before, but that one's going to be pretty popular, I think. And so for, again, those people are looking for the events, it's at uh, www.trueconceptseminars.com to find the information on the live events. So leaving people for uh, as they're driving to work or working out or going for a run, what kind of words of inspiration would you like to leave uh, everybody with um, for today? Well, I think we're finishing the first quarter of our, we're coming up on the first quarter of our business year. And I think, um, you know, people sort of get warmed up in January and then February, March, and April tend to be people's, we call it the, the on season of practice. So I think that um, if there's, if you're feeling sort of like you're not getting a lot of momentum or you feel like, a lot of our people that have felt in our community is that they've tried a lot of things and it's just not, they've been unable to get traction. One of the things to look at is to look at, instead of just looking like, what can I go get and achieve and where do I need to learn it? Start to look at what are the barriers? Like, so if you were to list, like, what would I need to do to grow my practice? All the things that you know you need to do. The next question is, why don't you do them? And if you can start to answer, why don't you do them? And you can start looking at the, why don't I do them? Granted, you want to do them. Right. It's a caveat. I'm assuming you want to do this. Remember, we wrote A, wrote B. So I'm assuming you want to do this. Start thinking about those barriers as the vacuum. And you can slowly take each of those barriers, whatever they are, and it's usually an emotional barrier of some kind. Um, if it's a skill deficit, those are easy. If it's just a pure skill deficit, you can just go buy a program. Like, honestly, skill deficits are the easiest thing. Yeah, Generally, it's it's not a skill deficit. So if it's a barrier around emotional and an emotional deficit as far as adaptability or stability, which is usually one of the two areas of emotional deficits we have, then you just think about it as a vacuum. What would you need to start desensitizing that in your brain so that you can start to rewire um, in the brain the difference between what you believe is real and what really is real? And a lot of and almost a hundred percent of those feelings are not real. They are real for you. But in the scheme of your perception of the world and what's going to happen to you, it's not real. So you can just think of it in that visual. It's just a vacuum and you're going to be okay. And surround yourself with the vacuum. As I say, when I talk about this in the seminars, run towards the vacuum <laughs> and just know that the vacuum is still going to be there. You're still going to be there and you're going to coexist together. You see the vacuum. You know, fear, it's not like you can't just say, don't be scared or don't feel guilty. It's, uh, the human emotions are part of who we are. 
but recognizing it's just, it, that's what it is allows you that to then be with it and integrate it rather than having it run your life. And I think that's really the ultimate goal of mastery is to not let it run your life. Don't let the vacuums run your life. Just coexist with the vacuum and know that you're still going to be okay. And that's not as big of a deal as you imagine it to be. Well, thank you so much for sharing again, my dear. Well, thank you for having me, Dr. Don. <laughs> and so for everybody out there, like, I, I, I hope you enjoyed these little segments because a lot of times as we're working with, with, uh, with our clients and with people around the world, we see some commonalities and, and we usually like to share those insights with you. Um, as you can tell, uh, podcasts are now being released every two weeks. So even though on the intro, it says weekly, just so you know that the, it's, we're actually doing it every two weeks now, uh, just because we've got uh, a lot of work to do with our people that we're working with. And, um, and again, getting over these objections are going to be massive in order for you to hit your goals because so many times people spend, if you spend all your energy pushing towards goals that deep down in your subconscious you don't want, that's like the number one way that you get burnt out. And, and, then, and then people say they don't want to set goals anymore and they basically go into a free state because they say it never works. But it was because they were kind of destined to failure from the beginning. So hopefully that gave you a little bit of an insight um, and uh, hope you have an awesome day and don't forget to shift on. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.